0: Welcome back to the five spot where we're here. Very excited about the games that were played last night. The NFL gave us a double header of teams that are representing down south in the AFC South with the Miami. No, Miami Dolphins are representing obviously, uh, somewhere else. Uh, But the Tennessee Titans were representing and trying to elevate where we've seen the Houston Texans and the Jacksonville Jaguars, where they're playing. I was quite impressed by by Levis and his play. But then the NFL also decided to give us another nugget and give us the New York football giants versus the Green Bay of Cheese Packers. And it was an exciting game because Tommy DeVito. DeVito represented. Yes, DeVito. Yes. But let's let's start with the Miami Dolphins. (laughs) Uh, Miami was trying to shoot for that number one seed. Uh, What we've seen so far from Miami Dolphins has been outstanding on offense. Defensively have created some big plays to put themselves in this position. People have questioned if they've actually beat a winning team. Uh, And at this position, it really doesn't matter. It's just who you play. You have to win. Uh, Tua Tagovailoa did a great job throughout the three and a half quarters of spreading the ball around. Waddle took a hit. Uh, was out for a couple plays. They lose their center. Uh, guys who were just kind of going down for Miami. Tariq Hill gets hurt. He's out for almost a quarter, comes back in the second half like Hercules and just provides a little spark. But Miami end up losing the game, uh, being up by double digits in the fourth quarter uh, but with three minutes to go and just wasn't able to close. Armando, when you look at the Miami Dolphins, is this something that's going to haunt them? going forward or you, do you think that they bounce back from a game like this? (laughs) So let's, let's,
1: I think that it absolutely is a problem for them. They're not going to admit it Donovan, because obviously they're it's a bad memory. So they're going to compartmentalize and put aside, but when you are the, and, and thank you, John Cassio, who produces the podcast uh, for this stat. When you are the one team since 2016 that has lost a lead of 14 points or more in the final three minutes of the game, and on the other side, 767 teams kept the lead, held the lead and won the game and you're the one team that blew it? Uh that that's scarring. That is bad. You <laughs> a lot of things went wrong and right. with the Dolphins man, with so much at stake against such a bad team in Tennessee, it says a lot about the Dolphins I think and and I'm sure we're going to break that down but I mean, it says a lot about their head coach's play calling, Mike McDaniel. That was bad play calling, especially inside the 10-yard line. Uh, Tua Vailoa showed that he is not a put the team on my shoulders when everything else is going wrong kind of quarterback. He's not that guy. He hasn't been. He's a good, you know, if everybody's there, we're going to win, but if, Obviously, if everybody's not there, not so great. And and then, of course, Mike Vrabel is a stud. He's just great. And <laughs> I, I really think he's he's one of the top five uh coaches in the NFL.
0: Well, let, let me, I'll start with Tennessee. Uh Vrabel is a good coach. And uh he's done this for years. And I I enjoy his demeanor on the sideline because it's never too high, never too low. Um, uh, he's a motivator. And when you look at his football team, there's nothing on that team that really excites you anymore. Derrick Henry was obviously King Henry years ago uh, and could carry this team on his shoulders uh, 100 yards a game or more. And Tannehill, at that particular time as a quarterback, he could just manage the game. Well, now you have a young quarterback with DeAndre Hopkins on the outside, uh, with DeAndre, with DeAndre being able to create separation – and put it in his area, and it's a catch. He made some outstanding catches in this game that made that took you back to when DeAndre was back in Houston. Uh, and when he was back in Houston with Deshaun Watson, he was clearly the number one receiver in the league. And playing against Xavier uh, Howard, uh, that was coming off of injury, uh, I believe double di- almost double-digit catches on both corners, which Jalen Ramsey still one of the top five, top six corners in the league. And DeAndre Hopkins came down with catches after catches after catches. Uh, A few times there were real tight window catches. One, there definitely was a penalty where he pulled uh, Howard down uh, for the catch. But I was impressed by the way that Tennessee continued to fight. And when you have a young team, a lot of times players tend to look around to see who else is going to step up. And I've seen Levis really elevate his game and show that he can play in this league. Uh, and if he continues to grow, they can continue to build around him and have some success. But on the other end of things, you talked about Miami's offense. I'm going to talk about their defense. Uh, there were many times where it seemed like guys were wide open. Uh, and it was crossing routes that they were, Tennessee was running. If it was deciding to get their running back Spears out in the backfield, which he was such a mismatch for the Miami Dolphins and their linebacking core. Uh, you know, it to me, it just looked like they were just just inches away but not there enough to make the play. And that was Bradley Chubb. You've seen Chubb almost have probably about five or six sacks, but he just missed Levitts and allowed Levitz to get the ball out of his hands, which led to scoring drives that ended up losing the game for the Miami Dolphins. Well,
1: so the Tennessee Titans and their fans are going to remember this game not because they came back and it's a great win and now they're 5 and 9 instead uh 5 and 8 instead right. of 4 and 9 4 and They're going to remember this game because it's the game where they found a quarterback. Right. They now will say to themselves, I guarantee you, we have our guy. If he can do this against the good Miami Dolphins team against a Vic Fangio defense, He, we can work with this. We can develop this. This is special. He did something that 767 (laughs) other teams weren't able to do. Dude, I'm serious. I turned, I went to the other game and started watching the other game because I knew 14 up, up 14 with three and a half minutes to go. Come on now. It's over. And what Will Levis did to that Dolphins defense in those moments, that tells you that when he does have a complete offensive line in front of him, when right. he does have two and not just one aging wide receiver, when when things are better and, and he's got a running game, that guy's going to be really good because he was really good last night and he's been okay since he took over for Ryan Tannehill. He is the guy. Going forward for the Tennessee Titans. That's the moment that it said, bing, 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 our future quarterback.
0: Well, I agree with you. I won't say label him as the franchise quarterback yet, but he is definitely your starter going forward. And I would say for the, at least the next couple of years, and he'll be able to be evaluated from that. And I think now going into the offseason, this for Tennessee is going to be important because I think this is now when you can put Derrick Henry on the trading block and try to create some picks to build around Levitt's in this offense. Uh, And more importantly, I've seen something from their defense, which they were missing their their number one defensive tackle, uh, but still was able to create pressure on Tua and that offense. Now, secondary-wise, they were just just around the play. Uh, They weren't uh, spectacular by any means, but they were around plays. They either get their hands on the balls, or to make the tackle and not give up the explosive play that we've seen over the past couple of weeks when Tariq Hill was behind the defense. Uh, they kept everything in front uh, and just just tried to kind of eat up some clock and give themselves a chance uh, to possibly get field goals. Gave up touchdowns, but still, I give them a lot of credit by the way that they played. Let's go on to, to uh, the Hold East Coast.
1: Before you do that. Yeah. I need to hear it from you. You're the former quarterback. What did you think of Tua tunga performance?
0: I thought it was up and down. And I, I say up and down because when Tariq got hurt, it was kind of a stalemate with this offense. and You expected a little bit more out of Tua, especially with the weapons that he has. And a lot of it goes to the play calling. But when I looked at Tua... I want to see Tua get out of the pocket and move. Like there were times he was just kind of moving around in the pocket. I'm like, okay, that's like three, four seconds. It's time to go, and he wouldn't take off. And the time he took off, we were in the red zone, and he tried to cut across the across the defense, and about got clotheslined by two of the biggest defensive tackles on the field. And I was like, oh no, not again. And he ended up bouncing up, but. I, I'm expecting Tua to elevate his game in a way of what we see when Tariq is out there, do the same things. That means get the ball out of your hands quickly, put it in the spots, seeing the defense. He airmailed a few of those throws which he had guys kind of open, and that's not like Tua. That's not like Tua. And so will it be a uh, the telling tale of what I think Tua will end, will end up being for the year? No, because I've seen him play great. And I've seen him play above average. I thought when Tariq went down, he was just average. He was just average.
1: This is the concerning part. And I think elite quarterbacks, elite, elite quarterbacks, they are able to, okay, things are breaking down. Here, let me carry this team for a while. That's what elite quarterbacks can do very often. At least, you know, growing up in Miami,
0: I saw that. Okay. Dan, the, Dan is different. Dan, Dan is different.
1: Like it or not, that is the standard in Miami. That right. That is True. the standard. Uh, and in that final um, drive where they show Marino watching yeah. the final minute and what was it, final minute and 33 30? or something yeah, like that.
0: Minute 30,
1: yeah. And – I could, like, what was he thinking? He was thinking, if I had this situation and I was 27 years old, I would slice these people up. And it's true because he would. And yet what the Dolphins got was Tua, on third and three, he threw like a semi-checkdown to a running back who was like seven yards behind the line of scrimmage and the running back, I think it was A-Chan, had to move heaven and earth to gain nothing, to get back to the line of scrimmage. And, yeah, I'm and thinking, he didn't
0: get out of bounds.
1: And he couldn't get out. I'm thinking, what? what is this? This is not the answer to you need heroics. And you're throwing that that mini check down running back screen seven yeah. yards behind the line of scrimmage. That's awful. Um I, I just he he shrunk, he shrunk in the big spotlight moment. And, you know, I'm not saying two is not good. Two is very good when things right. are going good and he gets protection and all of that. But the measure of greatness is what are you doing when things aren't going good? Yeah. Then what do you do? And last night, for one, it, he didn't answer the call.
0: Yeah, it wasn't it wasn't a good uh, defining moment uh, for Tua in tight situations. They looked a little out of sorts in their two-minute drill. Uh, it looked like they were super rushed. Everyone was still trying to figure things out, and then he decides to snap the ball, especially on that fourth-down play. Uh, I was expecting a little bit more control, uh, and they just looked like they were just sped up, and they were way out of out of sorts, and which led to a sack and. Uh, Them losing the game. But let's go over to a little bit more controlled, you know, kind of offense in the New York football giants. Uh, You know, everything that we've seen from New York from, you know, from their starting quarterback getting hurt, their backup quarterback getting hurt. DeVito steps in, he wins three in a row. Saquon Barkley's running the football, catching the football in the backfield. All of a sudden, the New York giants have receivers, which that was always the big question of why aren't they building around Daniel Jones and the receiving core? It seems that the guys are really elevating their game around DeVito in the passing game. And you can say that Brian Davo has, has really gotten this team going uh, on both sides of the ball. Thibodeau's coming off the edge, looking like Michael Parsons. Um, and so I'm impressed by the way the giants have been managing things over the last couple of weeks. Now there are questions, obviously in green Bay, uh, I look at Jordan Love and Jordan Love has played better and better in the increments of the season. The first three to four games he was playing at a, at a level unexpected level. Then he went on about a five game streak of not playing well to now he's bringing his game came up a little bit. I thought yesterday he missed a few bunnies uh, that could have led to some points, but he lured his team down to take the lead with under two minutes to go and the defense failed him. Is this more of an evaluation and kind of a a thought of, is Jordan Love the guy? Or was this more about the Giants and the way that they played in your eyes?
1: Look, um, Jordan Love was disappointing last night. Um, He got outplayed by Tommy, don't call me Danny DeVito, um, and <laughs> yes, and not only that, Tommy DeVito out he Daniel Jones, he out Daniel Jones Daniel Jones. In other words, what the New York Giants want out of their quarterback or expected when they gave Daniel Jones a 40 million dollar a year contract was not go out and be freaking. You know, Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, uh, Brett Favre, whoever they weren't expecting that. They were expecting him to play within the system, right, run around a little bit, make plays with your feet and your arm, but rely on the other guys. Tommy DeVito last night threw for 158 yards, which is
2: just not, okay. Just yeah. okay.
1: Yeah, exactly. But you know what? He in big moments, he showed up big. And in the final uh, two minutes, a minute and what was it? A minute and 33 or something like that. um, He got his he did something that Tua wasn't able to do. Right. They were trailing and he put together a winning field goal drive. That's what all the Dolphins were asking Tua to do, and he couldn't do it. And here's the thing. He did it without Tyreek Hill, without Jalen Waddell, and his offensive line, like the Miami offensive line, is a mess. And yet there he was, you know, playing without Evan Neal, with with the 14th or 15th offensive line combination. (laughs) And he drives them down the field for a winning field goal. Right. I'm not going to say a legend is born, but you know how how I just told you in my estimation that the Tennessee Titans found their starting quarterback of the future? I would say to them or say to you or say to you and them that the (laughs) New York... (laughs) (laughs) the new york giants i'm talking to many people
0: (laughs) you and you and you you
1: yes yes and me too um i would say that the new york giants at the very least found their backup quarterback it's gonna be hard i mean tyrod taylor i love you man you're awesome but sorry, you lost your job to Tommy DeVito. And <laughs> the, it just is. I know you were injured and you shouldn't lose your job when you're injured, but you just did. Uh, It's just a fact. You're not going to bench a guy that's won two games or three games in a row and led a winning touchdown drive or a winning field goal drive on Monday Night Football. It's just not happening. He's coming for you, Daniel Jones. You Next year, that – Daniel Jones has got all the money and the big contract, but I wouldn't be surprised if the Giants say, okay, compete. Let's see what you got. Compete, boys.
0: Well, I think what the Giants are going to do, because they have the higher draft pick, the competition will be more of, will we draft a quarterback and trade Daniel Jones? Or will will it end up being, well, let's go ahead and get some more offensive linemen. Uh, trade to pick, get more picks to to continue to build, and yes, maybe compete. Now, this would be the second time for Tyrod Taylor because it happened to him with Justin Herbert out in uh, with the Chargers when he was hurt and lost his lost his starting starting job. But I, I I look at this situation as this because sometimes we get a get a little too excited when guys splash, no name guys splash, and it's like like oh this may be the guy and all of a sudden he comes back next year and you're like oh this is definitely not the guy. <laughs> so let's let's let it ride out a little bit because I'm like I said I'm impressed by not only how he's managing things but I'm impressed by the way the guys are playing around him. And the skill position guys, the receivers, um, you know, Saquon Barkley. Saquon Barkley's in a tight situation because obviously money and contract and all And I think he's still playing at that level where he's effective. Uh, The offensive line has done a decent job with, just like you talked about the combinations with the Dolphins, it's been the same thing with the Giants. It hasn't been consistent uh, over at least eight or nine weeks. It's been kind of, we're changing here and there. Oh, this guy's hurt. Oh, he's back playing. Let's bring him back in That type of deal. But let's move over. I want to move over to Green Bay. And I look over at Green Bay and they're, calling card was supposed to be their defense. Their defense was supposed to carry this team while allowing Jordan love to develop. They were missing their starting running back, uh, in Aaron Jones. Uh, I think Wats Watson was out, uh, you know, so yes, they were missing some pieces, but I was looking more for like what you said with Tua. I was looking for Jordan love to drive his team down, score touchdowns, kind of give us some wild plays with his ability uh, to me it was it was almost like he was pressing. As the game got tight, he started really pressing, and that's when ball started sailing. He looked a little undecisive, like it just it looked out of sorts on offense, and LaFleur wasn't able to bring it in back in together. And then they decided to drive down and get that touchdown to go up 22 21. And I thought the game, okay, now they've at least secured the win. And then defense allowed them to drive down in about eight plays, I believe, to set up for the field goal to win the game. And to me, it's just, it wasn't so much a Jordan Love, even though he's the focus and he's the quarterback. But Green Bay as a whole, to me, it's been so many questions. And this might be LaFleur's hardest job to try to get this thing going back on track because they're still in playoff contention. They have a chance. Uh, to at least steal an opportunity to get in the playoffs. But do you think that they will be able to get in the playoffs or will this be something that is going to be a rebuilding type of season to to kind of see what happens next year? Well, it was supposed
1: to be a rebuilding season. They're they're the youngest or one of the youngest teams in the NFL. They weren't supposed to be, you know, in the hunt, so to speak. They right. were supposed to. They authored this year as "Let's rebuild, let's regather," and next year we're going to come out bonkers on people. Um, but what has happened is Jordan Love had that rise right. uh, the last, I would say, three weeks or so, and he's playing really well. And now all of a sudden, people are talking about him being the next Favre, uh, the next you know uh, Aaron Rodgers, and now Jordan Love. And I think that to what you were saying that comes with a little bit of expectation Yeah, and expectation comes with a little bit of pressure and pressure comes with a little bit of your underwear gets kind of tight. Um, and and trust me, as a person who has walked around with tight underwear in my life, it's not comfortable. You don't like it because your underwear is tight uh. and how do we get to tight briefs? <laughs> uh, I don't know. Don't ask me. That's how the brain works. Uh, so the point being that Jordan Love in that underwear tightening moment didn't answer while the other guy is playing, you know, free and easy right. and completing a 32-yard pass yeah. to Wand- Wandale Robinson in the 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 game's most – underwear tightening moment and he doesn't care because he's doing this and <laughs> he's he's loose. Meanwhile right. Jordan Love is like that, which kind of goes back to Tua who was like that. Yeah. Um I, I just I I think that w- the expectations probably need to Ship. center a little bit for the Packers because right. they're not there. Right. They're going to do this Um, And, you know, when you're doing this, it's because, A, you either don't have enough talent or your talent is still developing and it's not ready. And I think it's the latter for the Green Bay Packers. And you're right. Their defense let them down. That was a game that they should have won, that they had won. And then, you know, Tommy DeVito decided, no, I got other plans.
0: Well, it's that Syracuse, you know, opportunity that uh, he's just presented. We'll leave it there. Just let's move on to the, another part of the consistency questions. Uh, One in which everyone seems to love the Dallas Cowboys and they're kind of their feeling uh during the season. And they found ways to elevate their game uh, from a total team perspective. Mike McCarthy has gotten this offense going where CD lamb looks like one of the top two best receivers in the game. Dak Prescott, looks like one of the top best received best quarterbacks in the game MVP candidate right now uh, you know and then you continue to look on their defense and their defense is is creating opportunities in short fields for their offense they're getting turnovers uh Gilmore played outstanding in the game against the Philadelphia Eagles uh their defensive line was able to create pressure uh versus Philadelphia but then you look on the other side of with Philadelphia turnovers Turnovers, turnovers, fumbles, 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 Uh, getting drives and then ending with with the fumble, not running the football effectively, starting out the second half, running the football effectively, getting away from it, fumble, uh, which led to great opportunity for the Dallas Cowboys. The inconsistency right now for Philadelphia is starting to haunt them over the last five weeks, six weeks, I would say, starting the first half out with a struggle and allowing teams to create points. And when you play in the last two weeks versus teams that are hot in San Francisco and Dallas, they will put points up on you on the board in the first half and will continue to do it. Is this more an offensive problem in your eyes? Because everyone wants to focus on Jalen in Philly, but I tell it's much more than Jalen. This defense, the interior part of this defense is not good. And the, the calling card for their defense was supposed to be their D line. And they're not creating the pressure that's expected of them. And I think this is part of the problem for the Philadelphia Eagles and why it caught up to them at these last two weeks.
1: Yeah, the Eagles are interesting because, indeed, Jalen Hurts is not playing, you know, well or well enough. And he's fourth in the NFL in turnovers. And you don't want that. He's got 15 turnovers this year and and he's playing hurt, and he's not doing enough. So there is that as to the defense, man. It's a it it's a curious curious situation because you mentioned their defensive line on the interior. They seem to be okay, and as a matter of fact, they scored the interior of the defensive line scored a touchdown against the Cowboys. Right. So so you're getting what you kind of need from because. One interior lineman hits the quarterback and the other interior liners, uh, lineman scoops and scores. Uh, so that's good. But from the outside, you're absolutely right. They're not getting enough pressure on the quarterback. And that's where the pressure is supposed to come typically. Right, and right. their linebackers are, you know, they lost their linebackers in free agency. They couldn't pay it. Um Shaquille Leonard maybe will will address that. I don't know. But right now, he's not playing yet, and so it's a problem. And then their back end right down the middle, the safeties, uh, Kevin Byard is there now, and he's good, but you, it, it's not – something's not
0: – It's not panning out.
1: Yeah, it's some, there's something lost in the translation, and there are people that are calling for Sean Desai – His job and the defensive coordinator. There's like people actually calling for John, uh, Sean Desai's job. And I would say to you, this is an issue that we kind of sort of saw last year because that Eagles defense that Jonathan Gannon helped go to the Super Bowl, every time they played a good quarterback, they struggled with scoring 30 points or more. They were getting lit up.
2: Yes. Or download the app today. To discover why homeowners across the nation are turning to Angie to get all their jobs done well.
1: Uncle Donovan, <laughs> how do the people in Philadelphia react when things don't go great?
0: Uh, you know, they're really patient. They're uh, they're really supportive. Uh, they don't they don't boo or bark or anything. <laughs> Uh, They just allow you to kind of work things out. Absolutely not. They are highly upset. And they are upset. And you bring up something that I think a lot of people have short-term memory uh, and tend to forget. The coordinator that's now the Arizona Cardinals head coach, for two years, the fans were upset with him because it's like we weren't blitzing. We were playing zone. We were trying to allow our front four and front five to to get to the quarterback. Uh, and last year, yes, we were able to create some sacks and pressures and things of that nature. But our secondary was was getting attacked. And in the last couple of weeks, like Bradbury and Slay have been getting a lot of work. And our safeties have been getting worked. And I've talked about the middle of our defense has really gotten attacked where our linebackers are, are and safeties are struggling with running backs, slot receivers, as well as tight ends. Uh, but Bradbury was getting, he was getting worked in this Dallas game. And to the point where, you know, it goes back to the comments that Debo Samuels made, where he called, specifically called Bradbury out. And, you know, I was like, no, that Bradbury's a good player, Slade's a good player, and both are good players. Uh, but when you look at the last six or seven weeks, it's been a struggle. It's been a struggle because we haven't been getting the pressure on the quarterbacks. The quarterbacks are delivering the, delivering the ball. Guys are open. Uh, it's almost like 7-on-7 seven seven out there. And so I think what's transpired over the, the last six weeks has caught up to them. Because remember, in the first half, they struggle. They fight back in the second half to win. And you can't do that versus good teams teams that are playing well because they'll jump out on the lead on you and they'll continue to put their foot on the gas. So I, I think this is something that, that Nick Sirianni is going to have to look into and obviously meet with his defensive staff, as well as his offensive staff of trying to establish something early to get out in a the lead. They have to get out on the lead in the first half and continue to stay the course because if they stay the course, now the defense can play right the way they want to play. Meaning peel their ears back, get to the quarterback, because they know they have to throw the football. When teams can dictate what they want to do versus this Philadelphia Eagle defense, it doesn't work out in their favor.
1: Seth Joyner, who is a Philadelphia Eagles uh, Hall of Fame guy.
0: Yeah, um, linebacker.
1: Yeah, he called them a bad team. He said they're a bad team.
0: They don't tackle. He talked about their tackling. And he said the, a lot of the secondary members uh, and really guys on his defense are making business decisions. And they're not not—they're not coming in aggressively for the tackle. And it's funny because that was the commentary during the game, that they were questioning their tackling ability. And so uh, it was a big spat between Slay and, and Seth over, over Twitter uh, because Seth called him out, called out the, the team and Slay <laughs> – Said, yeah, yeah, I had a I had a good game. I had five tackles. And then Seth responded, well, this is what the generation is about. Now, we're talking about we had a good game, and we put they, they put 42 points up on us, but I had a good game. Like, and guys got to understand, especially with this social media stuff, like, don't go back and forth with guys that are in the media. Like, just focus in on your job and let your play speak for itself. You know, leave that alone. Don't go back and forth. Yeah, it's a learning experience for everybody, I think, at this particular point. But I'm, I am I want to see what happens going forward with this offense and defense in Philly because I know what they're capable of. Um, and they, they're they not injured. There's not a lot of guys that are hurt. So they should be able to turn things around. But more importantly, where does Dallas go from here? Because they have a tough schedule coming up toward the uh, later part of this season.
1: Yeah, uh, I, I think... You know they they're gonna play Miami uh, at Buff- some point. Which, Buffalo or Seattle? Uh, yeah. So th- there's let's see. They've got the Bills, the Dolphins, the Lions, and the Commanders. Okay. <laughs> so of the three of those four, could be in the playoffs. Uh, and the other one's gonna fire their coach. By the way, um, it's a but- big
0: rival though. That commander that commander cowboy game is a big game. Because it's a rival for them.
1: Nah. Nah. Uh the the Cowboys and the Redskins was a rivalry. The, co- the commanders? <laughs> the, the last three years? That's a rivalry? Come on. The commanders. <laughs> but, uh, the commanders. Uh, <laughs> come on. The, the W's. <laughs> Come on. Hey, you lost it on that one, Uh, Washington. Sorry. Uh, I I remember John Riggins. I I remember Daryl Green. I don't remember who's playing cornerback for the Ws.
0: Uh, I'm sorry. Let's go to Kansas City where the Buffalo Bills and the Kansas City Chiefs Uh, came to another match, which everyone was looking forward to. It was almost a rematch of the AFC Championship that we've seen out in Kansas City. But there were some storylines in this game that I think will be talked about for weeks to come. Tony, their wide receiver in Kansas City, ended up lining up offsides on a play-in-two-minute drill, which Kansas City's driving to try to win the game. Uh, Ball was thrown to... Travis Kelsey over the middle. He made a guy miss, coming about to get tackled, ends up throwing the ball to Tony, uh, which great play, great awareness. Tony catches the ball, runs in the end zone. You think the game is over. Look back, and now there's a flag. Patrick Mahomes then went into a fit. Uh, upset. You know, you could tell clearly he was out of sorts because it was a penalty, which moved him back. They still had a couple more plays to get the first down. They weren't able to convert. Buffalo then gets the ball, ends up winning. Uh, Patrick's on the sideline, throws his helmet. He's clearly upset. He's yelling at the ref. Uh, This continued on all the way to the quarterback exchange uh, at midfield after the game where he's telling Josh basically his feelings of the play. Gets into the press conference, continues it on. Andy also made comments uh, about it. Uh, I personally, as a quarterback, think, you know, come on, we got to be a little bit more professional. Hey, I know you're upset. Don't throw your helmet on the sideline. Don't get in a press conference and all of a sudden make it kind of personal where uh, you're calling out the referees in the NFL uh, and blaming them for the mistake that really Tony, uh, who was lined up like that at least eight or nine times throughout the game and the referee never threw the penalty or never told him, to scoot back, but it's still an offsize call. call. Um, Armando, when you looked at it, was it more of you were kind of looking more at the way, the reaction of Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid, or do you go back and you say, well, Tony's just got to know?
1: Yes, <laughs> because, <laughs> uh, look, uh, Kadarius Tony has done a lot of things that suggest he's very talented. Also, a lot of things that suggest he's not always paying attention right. and he his, his focus is bad. And in that moment, dude, at least ask the referee or the, the you know, the line judge. You're supposed to turn as a wide receiver. Yes, so am I all right? And yeah. he never did that ever during, during the, the whole
0: game. He's never done that.
1: So. If, if you're not doing it and asking, you can't complain about getting called for it finally when the guy decides to pay attention himself and says, "You're I can't even see the ball. You're so far offside. Right. Um, and look, I know Chiefs fans are going, well, you know, Von Miller was offside on the next play. Okay, so that would have been a five-yard penalty. Maybe. Uh, I know that on the same play that Von Miller was maybe offside the 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 right tackle left always. early, so that was a false start
0: he's always leaving early yeah
1: and he's always leaving early yeah so it's it's a bad look when you're complaining about a call that was correct yeah that's a bad hill to die on yeah. <laughs> i'm done it was the call correct or not it was correct and why are you yapping I'm done. I'm done with you. Stop.
0: Yeah, it, it, it's tough uh, when you see Patrick, who he's clearly the face of the NFL. He's he's uh, the best quarterback in the game. Uh, you, I think the way that things have been going all season has been a buildup to this particular point. Receivers are dropping ball. I think they're number one in the league in drops. Uh, their, their passing game has really evolved around Travis Kelsey. Uh, Their running game has been been pretty pretty good, above average, uh, but they just don't have that effectiveness on the outside where the consistency is there offensively from what we've seen. And people want to go back to, hey, well, if you, you kept Tariq killed. and No, it's not even about that. It's just being able to elevate and move forward and find those pieces they need at the wide receiver position, and they just haven't so far this year. And so I, I look at it more of, This was Kansas City's game to win and not so much Buffalo. Because Buffalo, to me, I was impressed by the way that Josh Allen handled things uh, from the previous weeks of being able to just take what the defense has given them. Kansas City's defense has been pretty good all season. Uh, And Buffalo was able to dictate what they wanted to do offensively. And defensively, they kind of, they were just in the right spot, so to speak. Because there were guys that were open. Now, were they catching the ball? Not all the time. And so uh, I, I look at it in the sense of it's. – I'm going to give Patrick a pass um, because it's really not Patrick to, to get in the media and to kind of uh, just get hot on him like that and just start pointing fingers and getting upset about the way things have been handled. And it's not like Andy to come out and to call things out like that, you know, with the league or the referees. That's not Andy. I know Andy personally um and this is something i think when you have to look at it when you get in the meeting it's like hey look tony like as a receiver look at the referee am i good if he says no scoot back if he says yes you're good now if he throws a flag that's different but you never looked at the referee for um that assurance
1: you hit it right on the head the kansas city chiefs lead yeah lead the nfl in drops right <laughs> okay right. uh they've dropped eight percent of their passes this year and no other team is above five right and so uh that was that felt like the buildup of all of that frustration and all of that you know those losses where he throws a pass and uh, uh um mark mark scantling marquez scantling yeah, marquez,
0: marquez scantling yeah
1: drops it for a winner desk, uh, they've had multiple of those i didn't see patrick mahomes complaining when the chiefs got a, a pi call on sauce gardner and and it was an interception and the pi shouldn't have been called it was a bad call no. and i didn't see him say anything then so it's just a bad look for mahomes but i'm sure it's it's the compilation and the buildup of all this frustration. But dude, you're the face, like you said, you're the face of the franchise. You're the face of the NFL. You're the face of Mahomes and Mahato. Uh, you 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 need to like stay farm yourself, dude, or something. I I don't know. Um, and he did apologize. He says yeah. he is he's regretful of that moment with Josh Allen. But again. When your argument is, they got it right, but I don't like it. They should let us play. Yeah. You probably need to think about that before you actually say those words.
0: Yeah, that's that's not a way that you kind of want to remember uh, Patrick when it comes to playing football. And, and he's handled himself professionally leading up into this point. Uh, I expect him to bounce back. He did apologize. Uh, in his exchange with Josh. He and Josh know each other pretty well. They played in some some golf tournaments together. So uh, it wasn't anything like that it was back and forth between the two. He was just oh. upset at the moment. So uh, we'll keep an eye on Kansas City going forward of how they handle this situation, but they definitely have to figure out a way uh, to get their wide receiving core to step up. If it's Sky Moore, if it's Tony, whatever it may be, when, when Rice comes back off of, a suspension. Who? Who knows? Someone has to step up in order for Kansas City to be able to move forward throughout the playoffs.
1: Look, Dak Prescott is supposed to be like a the the MVP candidate du jour now. Yeah, he's like everybody's picking Dak as the MVP now.
0: Not me, but everybody else is picking Dak. Well, who do you who do you go with? Do you go with Purdy over Dak? Absolutely,
1: <laughs> no doubt. At this point,
0: right now. Uh, you go, this point, right now, you go Purdy over Dak. I'm sure you probably got Tariq Hill as number one, but you might have <laughs> Lamar Jackson moving up. But how do you put Purdy over Dak?
1: Let me tell you what's going to happen with Tariq Hill. Tariq Hill is not going to win MVP, I don't think.
0: No, I don't uh, think so either.
1: First of all, he doesn't play quarterback, and a lot of these voters, of which I am one, they're going to vote for the quarterback.
0: Quarterback number or two, running back, yes.
1: Exactly, he is probably going to win offensive player of the year. Tariq, so yeah, yeah, so you ha- heard it here first. Tariq Hill, and especially if he gets to the 2000, which he kind of got off course last, last night, if he gets there, offensive player of the year in the NFL, MVP, uh, Purdy. Uh, it, it's, it's, I mean, come on now. So, let's compare, shall we? I'm glad you asked. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Not that I prepared for this, but I prepared for this. So, yards, passing yards. Uh, Purdy thirty five fifty three. Dak thirty five oh five. Purdy is number two. Dak is number three. Rating, Purdy one sixteen point nine. Number one. Dak, 107.5, number two. Touchdowns. Purdy is tied for second with 25. Dak is first with 28. And then completion percentage, Purdy is second, 70.2. Dak is fifth, 68.3. So in most of the stats that matter, uh, Purdy's better. And oh, by the way, his team destroyed uh, the Cowboys, and head-to-head in that game, Purdy threw four touchdown passes, Dak threw three interceptions. So how am I going to pick Dak?
0: Well, Dak, is, Dak has been playing lights out as of late. I will say that. He, the last five weeks, he's been playing lights out as of late. Now, Purdy, I mean, I'm not taking anything away from Purdy. Purdy mm-hmm. has definitely been playing playing outstanding, and his team has been playing great. And so I, I think more of you would have to look at who's more of the focus on their football team, their offense. Is Purdy the focus on that offense, or is it McCaffrey and Debo Samuels? Because when Debo Samuels went out and Trent Williams was out, Purdy was not Purdy. Purdy was almost like two a tongue of a logo. <laughs> and so when they got back, yeah, it's it's what we've seen so far. Dak has been consistent over the last five, six, seven weeks at this particular point. So it's going to be a great race going forward. Now, I'm not taking anything away from Purdy because before the three-game slide, I had Purdy in that top three with Christian McCaffrey uh, as well. But it's going to be interesting going forward and exciting to watch, for not only for us, but all of our fans.
1: You know what's going to decide it, and it's going to be a close race, and it has been, Uh, is the schedule Yeah. Uh, because Dak, like we just mentioned, he's got to play the Bills. Yeah. He's got to play the Dolphins. He's got to play the Lions and then the the Commanders. Um, (laughs) And Purdy plays the Cardinals, the Ravens, the Commanders, and the Rams. So, and it would suggest that Dak has a tougher road, right? Right. But if he plays well and really well against that tougher road, he's going to win it because y- you raised your game against very good competition, whereas Purdy against the Cardinals or the Commanders, really? Uh, but what if he if-
0: struggles? What if Purdy struggles A versus, well, versus the Commanders and the Rams too? Don't sleep on the – that Rams rival is – is pretty big, so if he struggles in those two of them, and Dax, say if Dak struggles, maybe in two uh, versus like who knows? I mean, the com- maybe Commanders and uh, the Bills, Lions, dolphins, dolphins, dolphins. And dolphins, and Bills. Yeah. yeah,
1: look, whoever struggles is hurting themselves, right? Right. And whoever plays well is helping themselves, unless it's expected, right? If you're if you're lighting up the Washington Commanders, I'm not very impressed. I'm sorry. <laughs> If you're lighting up the Buffalo Bills or if Purdy is lighting up the Baltimore Ravens defense, yeah, that's a star. True. You know, that that True. that gets the big check mark of oh, you did it against top competition. That is MVP type caliber play. Now we're going to, you know, go on your side. And and as we've always said on this podcast, this is a fluid situation. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't have to vote until the end of the season. And so I want to wait and see. And let's see what happens the next four games.
0: Yeah, I'll definitely wait and vote myself because my vote don't really matter. No one cares anymore. So make sure I you care. Tune in. <laughs> We'll talk about it on this show. But make sure you tune in and watch us again Thursday here as we continue to narrow down the games that are coming up. Uh, This weekend, talk a little bit more about the MVP race because it's starting to heat up and definitely players are starting to elevate or they're starting to drop out of the MVP candidacy. So make sure you tune in here at the five spot. We're going to continue to give you everything that you need, even if it's basketball with the in-season tournament with the Los Angeles Lakers winning Armando was tuned in to watch LeBron James and (laughs) Anthony Davis bring home another trophy. To LA. So tune in Thursday for more football and other sports as we hit them going forward.